Good morning and welcome to AC23. I'm your host, Pam Bordelon, and I have a really special guest joining me this morning, Mike Esnio, who is a very, am I pronouncing your name right? Well, we say it Esnault. Esnault, think, okay. Think Epsom salt, that'll get <laughs> okay. you there. Okay, Esnault. He is the newest member of the Arts Council staff, and he has a very impressive resume. And we're so glad to join. You can join us this morning, Mike. Thank you, Pam. I appreciate that. So, um, first of all, you are the recipient this year's recipient of the Alvin Batiste Lifetime Achievement Award. Right. Yeah. So that was a pretty big deal, huh? It it, it is a big deal for me because um, I was a student of um, Alvin Batiste. We we called him Bat. Um, yeah. For many years, and probably my most influential music teacher. Okay. So what is your instrument of choice? I'm a pianist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And how did you get started playing music? I started playing piano uh, whenever we would visit my uh, grandparents in New Orleans on my dad's side. My dad has four sisters, and they're all pianists. Uh, They all have a background in piano. One of them actually got a master's degree in piano. But anyway, I would be over, and there's a piano in the house. So I would gravitate to the instrument, and then mom caught on. She's like, yeah, let's get him a piano. So I've been playing since I was 9 or 10. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, born and bred in Baton Rouge? Born in New Orleans, but grew up in Baton Rouge. Okay. Yeah. Catholic high guy? I am. I went to... uh, did the cold Catholic route, St. George, and then went to Catholic High and okay. LSU. Okay. I think a little birdie told me you uh, ran track. <laughs> <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> I was on the team, and I, was, ga- I gave it the, uh, the I was going to say the college the try, college but the try. high school try. <laughs> the high school try. <laughs> okay. So aside from, from uh, winning the Alvin Batiste Hall Distinction Award, which was presented at the Jazz Coalition uh concert the last one the finale of the season mm-hmm. um you also have won a grammy and an emmy well i've let me clarify okay that. Uh, i've won do. two emmy awards uh for um scoring uh, doing musical scores for pbs films uh, okay. based acutely here at lpb okay um the grammy is a grammy um uh, certificate recognition uh an album that i did for an artist I work with a lot, uh, P.J. Morton. Okay. Um, I did all the orchestra, mainly string orchestra arrangements for his album called The Gospel According to P.J., and it won Best Gospel Album at the Grammys two years ago, I think. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, obviously, you do a lot of arranging, mm-hmm. I'm taking it. Is that your your main gig kind of thing? Uh, like I like the way you said that. <laughs> Is that your main gig? Um <laughs> It, it, it's it's just part of the equation. Um, I, I do a lot of playing. You okay. know, as a, I'm a jazz pianist. Uh, play different genres, but that's my home is playing jazz piano. Okay, I do a lot of that. A lot work with a lot of different artists in New Orleans, okay. Baton Rouge. But yeah, the arranging part has been a big part of what I do for a long time, and that's I do love it. Um, so it could be arranging for orchestras, big bands, studio sessions, whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was looking through here. You've got some pretty impressive names that you have done mm-hmm. arrangements for, like Stevie Wonder, Elvis Costello, Lou Rawls, Diana Krall. Yeah, and I'll kind of explain how that how that works. Um, so in those instances, like with Stevie Wonder, I did arranging for P.J. Morton for mm-hmm. his latest album, um, Watching Watch the Sun. And so I go in and, for example, P.J., 
uh, lays out the tune for me. I rec- arrange the strings in that case. We record the strings, and then Stevie Wonder comes in and, on that particular tune and um, laid down vocals for it. Okay. So uh, by proxy, um, okay. uh, we're all in the same project together. Okay. So, yeah. so how how is it to work with people like that, to be a part of that process? It's great. I love it. Uh, I love being involved uh, in anything that's at a high level, uh, especially music because it's very dear to my heart. It's you know it's what I'm about. Um, but e- I just enjoy working with any anybody who functions at a high level who really cares. And mm-hmm. an artist like in this case PJ, or I work a lot with the New Orleans Jazz Orchestra, which uh-huh. just tends to be more big band. They're all just wonderful musicians and very very. Uh, committed to to the cause mm-hmm. you know the artistic cause so I, I love it did does it elevate does being around greatness elevate you yes to, yes to it inspires me it inspires me to do my best especially um i, I keep going back to pj because i guess he's a more of a recent artist i work with mm-hmm. uh the <laughs> once it's recorded it's there forever yeah so the work that you do follows you around good for good or bad so it's in my best interest uh, for my own self-satisfaction, pride, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. to do the best work I can do. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's not going away. It's not. <laughs> and there are, believe me, there are recordings back in the day where I've, if maybe as a player, as a writer, where it, I wish it had been anonymous. Uh, for years, I used to do commercials in the 80s and 90s, uh, a lot of commercials, and that's what I enjoyed about that is they were pretty much anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> Nobody knew. <laughs> so do you have a do you have a, a sound that that people can go? Oh, that's, that's uh, I don't Mike. know. Maybe maybe as a pianist, I don't know. Uh, as a writer, probably. As an arranger, I like to think so. Just as you know, just a culmination of my influences would mm-hmm. be you know people like Johnny Mandel, uh, Henry Mancini, um, just all the a lot of the particular greats the that greats, I liked. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they all did kind of have a sound. You kind of... you kind of <laughs> They did. Listen to... Because you and I are fairly contemporary age-wise, I mm-hmm. think. I'm probably a little older than you are. But the Henry Mancini, you can hear on the radio the instrumentals from the, the 50s and 60s and yeah. all, and you kind of hear that and you go, oh, that's, that's Henry Mancini, that's... Percy Faith, you kind of know yeah. those sounds, and you know that's who that is you're listening and, to. And to like to think about Henry Mancini, he really created a genre. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was the first, in my opinion, really the first to introduce orchestral jazz to cinema. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've read his books on arranging. I'm a huge fan. I'm actually a Henry Mancini fellow. I went, I got a fellowship many years ago oh, wow. to study at his institute. Met his wife Jenny. Um, Heard lots of cool Hank stories, as they uh-huh. call them. Um, but I'm a big fan of someone like that who just had a real uh, distinctive style. Yeah, and it kind of, you know, it kind of. You think of the '60s, you think of rock and roll, but he snuck stuff in there. Oh yeah, influenced by that for sure, but uh, with a jazz uh, and classical. Uh, yeah, it was. You it know, was, it was a, jum- a gumbo, if you will, of all those things. Yeah, he, yeah. he kind of, you know, it was not, and, and made the charts with it. It was oh, not, very it was successful. not, you know, yeah. it was not what you were norm- normally listening to, but it took off like a rocket. Yeah. Kind of. So, um, who else were some of your influences? Who else influenced well, you? Well, as a pianist, um, 
many, but I would say the uh, Bill Evans was a big influence. Um, jazz pianists like Keith Jarrett, Herbie Hancock. Um, in the arranging world and composition world, I would say those names we just mentioned, but mm-hmm. also uh, Aaron Copeland, uh, Bela Bartok, um, and many, many more. Uh, and I'm always being influenced. You know, that's a great thing about having. Um, as an educator, being around younger people, mm-hmm. um, uh, for many years I taught, so uh, they're you know you feel like you're the teacher, but half the time they're teaching you just by the what they expose you to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but a lot of times good. Yeah. So that was my next question. You recently retired from the East Bend, or, or I didn't officially retire, retire. but I, okay. I've I've taken a break from the, the system. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you taught for many years at. Baton Rouge High? That was my home school. Okay. Um, I taught from 1998 till this past year uh, in the gift, East, East Baton Rouge Gifted and Talented Program. Okay. My home school was Baton Rouge High, but I also, I was itinerant, so I oh, okay. taught at McKinley High. Um, let's see, Woodlawn High. Early In the early days, I taught at Glasgow Middle, so I was working with, you know, six through eight okay. grades. And... Uh, as well as I've done, you know, I used to teach at NOCA, the School for the Arts in New Orleans, okay. for a little while. Okay. Had the pleasure of teaching. Um, just it just happened that year I was teaching John Baptiste, who went on to do the oh, Stephen wow. Colbert show, <laughs> Trombone Shorty. They're all in my class. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, and taught some. I've done some. Um, I guess artisan residency teaching at LSU. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is it about? Uh, what's it, what is it about teaching that appealed to you? Uh, well. Being taught by wonderful teachers, mm-hmm. Alvin Batiste, uh, Dr. Bill Grimes, um, Dr. Willis Deloney. I can go down the list. So many great pianists in New Orleans. Larry mm-hmm. Seabirth would be one. Uh, having the the benefit of being taught by those people, yeah. it it gave me it gives me a great appreciation for passing it on. I feel like that is a especially in the arts mm-hmm. uh, in music. You can talk about music and, you know, you can do that with the kids, but demonstrating and just being in the trenches with with them and showing them, I think it's part of the legacy. I do believe in that. So uh, when I'm in a classroom with a student, especially one who's interested, uh, I get a kick out of that. It's it's very fulfilling and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I would think if you can, if you can, you get a a student and they've got that spark that, sure that they're that they're that sponge and you can pour that water in and yeah, on <laughs> yeah and i'll tell you pam i mean you know haven't done it for a while um it's come to, i've had full circle moments now where mm-hmm. many students i taught let's say when i first started 98 teaching high school students i gig with them now you know yeah. they're they're you know or i see them and they're they have amazing careers and I, I can say i had something to do with that yeah. and that's that's very nice yeah it's kind yeah. of kind of fun when you can watch the the chickens leave the coop. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they'll do the same, hopefully. They'll continue yeah. the lineage. So. Yes. It's a, it's a pay-it-forward world. Absolutely. It's, so, um, do you compose as well? As, as arrange yes. and stuff? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I still do a lot of writing. Um, I just finished a film that's on LPB now. I think it's still running called The Precipice. I did that for director Ben Johnson. And... Uh, so I do, I love doing that, mm-hmm. uh, writing music for picture. It's probably, um, I don't do as much of it as I used to. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but when those things come up, I, I do enjoy it. Yeah. So how how do you become somebody that? Because you've done like forty films for mm-hmm. for PBS yeah, done, done alone. So how you. how do you how do you become the go to guy for that? Uh, you know, it's one thing I, I teach my students as artist, whether you're a player, a writer, composer, whatever. It's a freelance business, you know, yeah. and the freelance business is about associations, reputation, and, the, and those things you guard very much, you know, because uh, it can work to your benefit or your detriment. So to answer your question, I think, you know, just early on, I was, I was very into it at trying to do a good job and mm-hmm. just making relationships with people. And I guess as a result of that, it kind of kept me, um, uh, I kept getting calls. Okay. You know? So from LPB, you've done... NFL 360. So what's you? They're 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 kind of different. Yeah, and I'll kind of paint a picture for you on that. Um, I guess about 15 years ago, I did a um, a series of songs in, in uh, collaboration with a, a good friend of mine, Jeff Ford, here in town, and we wrote quite a bit of music, New Orleans music for um, um, Hollywood Music. It's a, a post-production company in Los Angeles. Okay. And basically what they do is they have a library of music. So we, we composed quite a bit of New Orleans music, everything from traditional jazz to brass band music, you name it. So these these pieces that we wrote will get used uh, in all kinds of different... If, okay. you're, if you're someone in post-production, let's say okay. you do NCIS New Orleans or, or anything, okay. uh, they will use that music okay. and then we... So you know, somebody's as composers. looking for a jazz piece that's new exactly. Orleans, they pluck it. It's it's a funny. It's I'll joke with Jeff. You know, it's we look at the BMI statements, and it's just fun to see where the music's been used. Yeah, so everywhere from Finland to Japan, you name it. You know, okay. it's like oh wow, who knew? <laughs> I'm being listened to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, well yeah. that's got that's that's got to be kind of a kick. It is. Yeah, it's it's fun to to know. see where you landed. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, what are going to be some of your, now that you're with the Arts Council, Yeah, I'm very happy what are going to gonna so. be some of your duties here? What are you going to be? Well, the title, <laughs> it's long-winded, let's see, Director of Music Education and Advancement. Uh, at, at the end of the day, I think, well, I know my job is to promote the arts throughout the community, the 11 parishes that we serve, mm-hmm. and that could be on all levels from, okay. you know, um, K through 12 as well as uh, and above. So I'm working a lot with um, Marie Flowers, mm-hmm. who's director of curriculums, and really trying to get artists. Our goal is to get artists uh, in the schools promoting not just music, but mm-hmm. uh, all the arts. Okay. Uh, I think I'll be more acutely music, but not strictly, you know, okay. just the way things tend to work. Yeah, sure. Um, Along with uh, being involved in the the whole Jazz Master Series and okay. the um, uh, Sunday in the Park, the Listening Room Series that you know Jonathan Grimes is is really the backbone of. I'm trying to help him with that, and yeah. you know, um, all things music. I think. Okay. You know. uh, how important is music and the arts in school how i mean you 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 taught that in the schools i mean i know how i feel about how important that is what's your perspective on that you know pam i'm not a neurologist but i do a lot of reading mm-hmm. on that 
and I've seen results. Like yeah. I've seen, I've noticed that the students that had the benefit of a music education, particularly music, but I'm, I'm sure in the other arts too, um, they're the ones that, you know, I'm sure if you look at percentages, they're probably going to be the ones that do better on standardized tests uh, in general. Uh, there's a part of, there's a wonderful graphic that I've seen somewhere where it's called, you can Google, it's called Your Brain on Piano. Mm-hmm. And I'm just picking the piano in particular. But it, it's, in order to play music, you basically use every part of your brain yeah. simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a neurologist in some interview saying, who was a musician, says he, can't, he couldn't think of anything else you could do uh, that requires as much brain activity as playing music. So I do feel that if, if a student has the benefit of having a music education, especially early on, it just gives them so many benefits in other areas. Yeah. You know, they might not, they probably won't become a musician, but nevertheless, their math skills probably going to be better. Their logical thinking skills will be improved. You know, when you have mm-hmm. to, let's say you're a clarinetist and you're playing in the wind ensemble, you know, you have to follow a conductor. You have to play in tune with the guy next to you. You have to agree on a rhythm. You have to um, learn the phrasing, the articulation. You're learning a language. It's a lot of multitasking. Tons of multitasking and. Maybe athletics come close, but I don't think quite to the degree. Yeah, you know, it's just it's a, it's an it's an integral part of development and in in, in in making a well rounded, thoughtful person. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so one of the things you're going to be doing is I'm going to be turning over this microphone to you on the fourth Sunday of the month, <laughs> uh-huh. and you're going to be putting a little twist on AC23. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about what you're going to be up to. Well, uh, I'm still, you know, kind of putting it together. Um, I appreciate that, by the way. Oh, you're uh, welcome. Get a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so you appreciate it too. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the idea is uh, to. Uh, one lane we've kind of started is an art, what I call the artistic legacy series. So it's just, you know, the, the beautiful thing about being in music so long, uh, is that I've just formed these relationships with performers, producers, you name it. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to bring them in, I brought in a good friend, Don Vappi last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since we have a piano here, I'm a pianist. I thought it'd be fun to bring these people in, talk about their legacy, what they're up to, especially as it relates to the arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in case, in case, or in case, point with Don, you know, he travels the world all the time, mm-hmm. plays at Lincoln Center, uh, the jazz orchestra there, just all over the world in the Banjo Hall of Fame. So, we sat down and we just talked about the history of New Orleans music, some of what he feels is important, and we played some tunes yeah. and just had a good time. But uh, that's sort of in a nutshell, the goal of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's kind of fun having you here because you, every now and then you sneak down here and we'll hear the piano tunes <laughs> wafting up. I was just the, told that y'all can hear it upstairs. We, I didn't realize that. We can't. We like it. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. And I did pe- poke my head in the, in the recording studio while you and Don were out there mm-hmm. uh, 
doing your thing. And that was fun. So, yeah. uh, y'all make sure you tune in next Sunday because it's going to be really, really good. You're oh, going to yeah. enjoy yeah. it. You're going to enjoy do. it. Yeah. So, well, Mike, it's been fun chatting with you today. I've enjoyed learning a little bit more about my my desk mate. We, we share. That's right. We're we're right next we're to desk, each other. So that's desk, a cool thing. Deskies, deskies, yeah. deskies. Yeah. So, welcome to the Arts Council. Now you're a, you are real official now. Thank you, Pam. <laughs> Got yeah. it out there for the whole world to know. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate you joining us here for AC23. Be sure to tune in next Sunday so you can catch Mike and tell us this young man, that gentleman's uh, name. It's going to be Don Vappy is my guest. Okay. That's going to be a good one. You want to make sure you catch it. And to all you dads out there, happy Father's Day. We hope you're having a good one. And we'll see you soon. 